0: Welcome to the Restaurant Reality Show. This is the weekly podcast that promises to share the real stories that take place behind the scenes in the food service world. I'm your host, Sam Knoll, the founder and president of the website consultancy samknoll.com and the author of the soon-to-be-released book Restaurant Reality. I'm a 20-year veteran of the restaurant industry and a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. And now, The bottom line behind all of this is that I know a ton of food service people who are going to share the reality of what happens behind the scenes from their restaurants all over the world. Now today I'm talking with an old friend named Rick Marcel, who I've known for almost 40 years. Um, Rick is the partner of Norva Productions in Norfolk, Virginia, and a partner of RIC Concerts in Richmond. He's also the booking and marketing director for the Norva and the National, for which he usually books hundreds of top shows a year. Now, in my eyes, Rick's Baby is the Norva, which he opened in 2000. This venue has become one of, if not the, top concert you know, venues in the in the U.S. And in fact, Rolling Stone voted it that, uh, you know, as such. Now. When you talk to Rick, you'll find that he does have kind of a filing cabinet full of stories um, about people like Prince, Slash, James Brown, Willie Nelson, John Legend, Rob Zombie, I mean, this list goes on and on. But those are not our focus today, as we're gonna dig a little deeper and reach into some stories about Rick and food. So I say, let's get started. Cool, well, let's see. I just wanted to get you on and go through a little of your story, a little of our history. You know, kind of get the uh, the Rick Marcel background here.
1: Yes, Sam, I've known you for a. Long.
0: Uh-oh, what happened? Okay, no, you're still there. Yeah, you know, how many years have we known each other now? What thirty? So Sam, when did I, how long? When did you start in the academy? I started in eighth grade. What year? So that was, what, 82, 83, I think. So I've known you for 40 No, no, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, so I've you're for about 39 years. 39 years, yeah. Dude, we're coming up on 40 years. I didn't – how, how did we get that old?
1: God, wait a minute. All right, that's it. We're done. I know. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so I've known you for almost 40 years.
0: Yeah yep so. so and see you're smart you got on a hat but you don't have as much gray as i do i'm you know yeah here's the, this is a this is a, a haircut thanks to my wife there you go <laughs> cool dude well you know i'm i'm doing this book which is i'm gonna break into to our thing here but i'm i'm I had this idea to do a book that was kind of sharing stories from friends who worked in restaurants, bars, and food service. And I know that's not what you're doing now, but I know you yeah. worked in restaurants. You ran a nightclub. You, you know, you've you've had numerous businesses, and even your current business that you run now, you know, has, has got the nightclub element.
1: Yeah, I've always been surrounded by food. Never really involved in food directly, except the South Carrollton Deli in New Orleans, where I was head sandwich boy.
0: There you de- go.
1: I could definitely tell you stories about that.
0: Well, that's why I pulled I- you in. <laughs> okay. But well, do you want to hear
1: a couple of those stories right now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so, so I was, I was in New Orleans. Um, it was, uh, it was towards. I guess the end of the, the, uh, end of the summer and I was bored. So I figured I needed to get a job. So they had the South Carrollton deli, uh, which is located at the end of St. Charles, uh, at Uptown square, I believe it was, or there was another, it was next to Camellia grill,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a, uh, which is an institution in New Orleans. Anyway. So I told the guy I had experience, um, my experience was eating deli sandwiches, yeah, exactly. Not, not, not making them, <laughs> um, but uh, I became the head sandwich boy. It was my job to steam the meat. So, so I would take the meat, take it over to the steamer, put it on the steamer, close the lid. The meat would be steamed. I'd put it on a sandwich, and then I'd throw the cheese on. which would slowly melt and then all the condiments and lettuce and all that stuff. Well, my big breakthrough moment was, I decided I was going to put the cheese in the steamer with the meat so they could meld together. Uh. So I think I invented that. Um, (laughs) Also, also
0: all the restaurants do that now, you know,
1: I think that was me. The other thing I invented was, so we had this guy was from California so he had avocado, he had sprouts, he had eggs. This is stuff that was not typically on sandwiches no one, back no then. It. Yeah. Now it's totally standard stuff, but no one saw an avocado in the 80s. Um, they just they didn't yeah. exist. They were, they were only in Mexico. So this guy had avocado, sprouts, eggs, and stuff. So I decided I'm going to put all this stuff together in a pita. So it was sprouts it was avocado it was egg it was onions it was cheese so i think i invented the california sandwich as well
0: there you so, go and so. and and in the pita in the pita like, which, which came in white right, wet. right. And, you know, so. you, we've talked about how long we've known each other when we were kids we ate pitas now you, you i don't think you can find them you know okay.
1: Around. Well, you're forgetting—you're forgetting that I have an exotic wife who, who has pita and naan and all that kind of stuff. We just don't—we don't have Wonder Bread in our house.
0: Well, no, we don't have that either. So, so
1: but I did. So I invented the uh, the melted cheese and pastrami sandwich and the California pita. So thank you. Nice,
0: nice. Well, this was a a, a perfect person to talk to. So. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> you have a, sort of a celebrity, in a sense. No one knew it. A sandwich celebrity. <laughs> you're you're going to get a lot of that. Trust me. It's all good, dude. Once this airs, then people will realize the level of celebrity that I had brought on. You know. Is there a national sandwich
1: award for excellence in sandwich? I should win like the uh, the legend award.
0: I don't know if there is, you know, I, there was, there was a, a piece that came on and I forget which TV show it was, but there was something that came on not long ago where they were looking for the best quote kind of sandwich in the country. And one of the finalists was, um, shoot, now I'm going to forget the name of it. It's a place that makes chicken biscuits down on Franklin street It was timeout timeout biscuits had like one of the best biscuit one of the best sandwich options out there. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, can you shut the door, please? Did you say something? Right yeah, there? just I, I needed you to help me, but forget to shut
1: the door. Technology. <laughs> so the kids are are in virtual school right now. Um, oh, yeah. But so so um, I didn't invent the best sandwich. I laid the groundwork for everyone that came after me. Well, that works. So I was kind of like the little Richard of sandwiches.
0: To put it into music terms. (laughs) Nice. Well, here's another thought then. Um, How about this other story that you wrote? And I forget, what was the title of that one?
1: It was um, Pop-Tarts and the Cajun Popeye. And when I say Cajun Popeye, I don't mean the chicken. I mean
0: the Sailor Man. Right, right. Do you want to kind of tell that story right now? Sure. All right. Maybe so maybe as if you it's can different. It. Then this will be different. than I noticed the shirt. It's nice the shirt yeah. and the
1: hat. Tulane. Yeah. Ah, Tulane. There we go. So, so I wore I wore my New Orleans guard on purpose because I figured we'd be talking about the story. So so I grew up at, literally grew up eating Kraft American cheese in the little squares. I would you know pull the plastic off. I would drink Coke. I would eat Doritos. My mom would make meatloaf, spaghetti maybe some chicken every now and then. so it was a very generic vanilla uh, um, culinary existence that I had. We did not have a whole lot of um, exotic foods. So I decided that uh, I was going to New Orleans because I wanted to be nine hours away from my friend Sam No, <laughs> that was at Vanderbilt. We can tell that story.
0: Well, we're going to hold off on that story. That'll be another call. Okay. So –
1: so I get to New Orleans, and and um, it's pretty exotic place for what I was used to. So I was yeah. so I was trying to trying to feel my way around. And then a buddy of mine who was in my dorm, he's from the New Orleans area. So he said, "Hey, listen, there's a Laplace in Laplace, Louisiana. There is a Andouille sausage festival." I had no idea what Andouille was. I never really I ate, ate sausage. Awesome. My mom's actually Jewish, so we grew up right. kind of with kosher meat. So there was never any kind no, of There
0: was no sausage por- in the house.
1: No kind of porky sausage <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and but he also told me that both the Marshall Tucker band and the Charlie Daniels band would be playing. So that's why I agreed to go. I thought, oh cool, there's some good music. I dig the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. So so off we went. We get there. And I want you to picture the South right now because it has not changed at all. When we get there all it was was motorcycles, Harley-Davidsons and Confederate flags for miles. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, we're from the south but we're not from the We're, we're
0: not south. from the real south. Virginia Beach. This the, doesn't yeah,
1: it. <laughs> This is the deep, deep south, so so we pull up in the bayou there's there's the trees with the moss all around, there's these confederate flags, there's these motorcycles, you just smell gas in the air, you smell horrible cologne from the bikers um, and you start smelling some food kind of in the background, and it was completely muddy. I think it's always muddy there because it is a swamp, yeah. So so, um, off we went to this festival, and I was very hungry. I did not eat um, breakfast that day because I figured I'd eat all this festival food. Now, when I'm thinking festival f- food, I'm thinking hamburgers, hot dogs, maybe a corn dog, something, right?
0: Standard, but standard festival, standard dogs.
1: festival fair. Standard it's a, it's a, you know it's a music festival. There weren't music festivals. How, back how fancy then, could it be? <laughs> so I figured, you know. That's what I would have to eat. Well, you go there, we went to the the back of the the field, and there's these food booths. There was not a normal food in sight. This was the bayou. People ate crawfish and they ate alligator and they ate, you know, boudin sausage, which is blood sausage in what looks like a a condom. Um, So all this stuff was really scary to me. So now I'm in panic mode, I'm starving. I'm a little bit scared of my surroundings, and I need <laughs> it's to eat. Scarier, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So I need to eat. So I look down at the end, and I see some rice. I was like, "Okay, there's some rice." I go over there. It says jambalaya. Um, I am kind of concerned what jambalaya is because that word is a little strange but then it looked like rice with hot dogs in it I'm like okay no
0: one and then what's funny is back then even no one here was really big on what jambalaya was now it's like an everyday term yeah now everybody knows it I didn't know what the hell jambalaya was but but I figured
1: okay rice with some what appeared to be hot dogs in it okay I'm starving. I'm gonna eat it. So I started eating it and I was like, Yeah, this is really good. Yep. It was you know, it was cayenne, it was Cajun spices, it was even yep. okra, which I had never seen or heard of an okra back then. This is 1986. So okra didn't exist back then. I don't even think okay. it, I don't even think the plant was invented yet.
0: <laughs> people people who knew what okra was were kind of afraid of it. It seemed slimy and slim. Like- so here I am with rice, what appear
1: to be hot dogs okra and some cajun spices well it's pretty good so i'm sitting oh, i'm sitting on the picnic bench and this here comes the cajun popeye now we're, now picture popeye the sailor man this was the cajun version of that guy exactly him he comes up to me and goes i didn't write this in the story but this is what he actually said he goes boy you know what you're eating i said yeah it's chambalaya it's rice he said Oh no! He said, "Boy, that'll make you rape women. That'll put it in your pencil." And I'm looking at this guy like, "Who the hell is this guy? What's he telling me?" I was like, "It's jambalaya. I just got it over there." He goes, "Oh boy." He goes, "You see that meat in there?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You know what that is?" And I looked at the booth and it said "nutrition" or "nutria jambalaya." Well, nutria in my head was nutritious jambalaya. I never heard the word before. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, "He goes, boy." You know what you eating? I said no, and hold on a second. I'm gonna show you his his body language. So he said, "Boy, it's a swamp rat about yay big." Well, right there, I realized the hot dogs in the jambalaya was really
0: rat meat. In essence, it was it was New Orleans rat meat. It was rat meat. It was it's a swamp rat. If, if anyone's
1: watching this right now, go Google up what a nutria is.
0: Nutria, exactly. So
1: what it is, it was it's a swamp rat that's from Venezuela, I believe, and they brought it up to New Orleans to study it. A hurricane blew through, destroyed the lab. These nutria actually got out into the swamp. They're not indigenous to America, and now they're all over. 20, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, they're all over southern United States. So it is a swamp rat, similar to a muskrat, they're very dangerous. They actually are very aggressive. But I ate one of those, and I actually think I continued eating it after he told me it was a rat. And it so It tasted, tasted good, you know. So after that, I'm no longer scared of crawfish. I'm no longer scared of oysters. I'm no longer scared of alligator. So now I've become a southern Louisianian a Cajun, a bayou, a bayou person, and I was able for the next four plus 40 years to now enjoy real Cajun New Orleans cuisine without being squeamish about it because I figured what can be worse than eating a rat?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess here's, here's the question. I wonder if you could – I mean, you're certainly not going to get jambalaya with nutria in it up here. I'm not going to get it anywhere, ever again. That was a one and done. Okay. So in other words, you're not going to look for that again. (laughs) I mean, it was good,
1: but I prefer my jambalaya with andouille sausage now. Now, they actually had jambalaya with andouille sausage at this festival. I didn't see it, or if I did, I didn't register because I saw the nutria, and I thought, oh, I'd rather have nutritious jambalaya. That will at least
0: be better for me. Right. So,
1: so, um, and then my second thing that I had to get used to, um, was sushi. Um, so there was no sushi in 1986. I don't even think the first sushi restaurant was in New Orleans until later on in the eighties. And so a buddy of mine took me to that, or actually, um, a, a buddy of mine invented this thing called gourmet on the go, where you could order from restaurants and they would bring, um, the food to your house. Obviously, right. This is back then. Um, now, the difference between now and then, and I actually worked for this company, was there's no cell phones and no GPS, yeah, so you had point. to bring a giant paper map with <laughs> you, and you're you... folding <laughs> that as you're driving. And right, and it wasn't one small territory; it was the entire city and suburbs of New Orleans. So, so to get a food. Yeah, if yeah, you know, St. Charles, fine. You, you know where that is. But to get food to like Metairie, it took an hour and a half, two hours, because you had to literally find the place. Now, a good story about that is um, St. Charles. If you don't know New Orleans, are giant mansions. Yeah. So, so this lady ordered from Gourmet on the Go, and um, I brought the food to her house. It was a lot of food. So I get there, she has me. Come into her kitchen. I think she ordered soup and she ordered stuff. I put it in pots for her. Turn on her burners. Basically, set this food up in her kitchen for her. As I'm leaving, so I was there for fifteen twenty minutes. As I'm leaving, she she goes like this way. I guess she. Hold, Hold on, I guess. So she puts something in my hand and says thank you. So I feel it's paper and I'm like. I know this woman gave me a ton of money for helping her out. I wait till I get my car. I open my hand up. It's a 1 dollar bill. 90. That was my that was my tip from the old rich woman on St. Charles in New Orleans.
0: Nice.
1: Now this woman's long gone because she was about 90 then. <laughs> so I can't go back and curse her, but That's I would right. love to all right, so anyway, one of the places in Gourmet on the Go is a sushi place. Yeah. So I would go in there and, and I'd bring people sushi. It was, um, it was actually, I think, a Chinese restaurant with sushi. So I decided um, one day to go ahead and try it. And I thought it was pretty disgusting. <laughs> but I kept going, I kept going back. Do you remember
0: People's, what you ate? It was
1: just tuna roll yeah but pe- but people kept wanting to go to have sushi. It became pretty popular like in '89 90, and all the girls wanted to go there, so I started going there and getting used to it now, probably eighty percent of the time I go out, I have something raw. it's either yeah. it's either sushi or it's Carpaccio
0: or it's tartar well, it's, 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 it's at any restaurant now. Yeah. now so, here's another thing. The first time I had sushi was with you. yeah. Really? Yeah, at um, Shogun Restaurant. That's funny. Virginia Beach. That's funny. See, yep. that's
1: that's what did it. Now you know what? If you cook sushi, it tastes just like fish.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I, I'm down. I'm down with that. We covered that in culinary school. Yeah, <laughs>
1: good. <laughs> so anyway, those are my. Colin, those are my...
0: stories, my dude. Story. I like it. I like it. That's what so I'm a rat. rat. So I eat rat and raw fish. Hey, that works. And The rat story I thought was awesome. So... <laughs> a rat story. So somewhere in my DNA,
1: I now have rat DNA, because you are what you yeah. eat. Yep. So anyone calls me a rat, I'm like, yeah, I know.
0: It's all good. <laughs> that's all well, All right. Okay. Anyway, well... I think. Um, what are we? Where? What time is it? Uh, it's eleven thirty, so we're half an hour in. Yeah, we're good. We still got more time. Yeah, you have any other time? stories you want to uh, you want to share with us? Um, well, well, as you know, but maybe
1: your listeners don't. I am a concert promoter, in the uh, I used to own two venues. I now run the two venues for the company I sold that to. I actually run four venues, um, and each of those shows that we have and we don't do many local bands we do major national acts yeah, we've exactly. had james brown and we've had bb yeah. king we've had willie nelson we've had prince um so we have uh, an in-house caterer that has to feed these people and uh, i remember going up to a brand new venue in new york and the woman that had the venue was so excited to show me her catering room. I walk in there, there's six pizzas with flies buzzing around it.
0: Um,
1: well that's New York city. Every band has to play New York city. Not every band has to play Norfolk or Richmond, Virginia. So, um, we needed to really do an incredible job in our catering. So we basically had a gourmet chef that, that feeds all these folks. So they come in and, and they get a good meal, uh, you know, they're on the road 150, 200 days out of the airport. They were on the road many times. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. And, In the uh, old days. So, so we
1: try to feed them as, as well as possible.
0: Well, and you guys, uh, even, even your facilities are like designed for the entertainers. I mean, correct. You know, so, I mean, you've got like what? Full basketball court, saunas, and, you know, yep, all kinds jacuzzi, of.
1: Jacuzzi, sauna, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Now, what, what has happened uh, in the last five years, 10 years, maybe? Um, no one they pretty much they ate what we gave them. And again, we gave them pretty damn good food. Now, in the last five, 10 years, I don't know why. Um, but everyone seems to have an allergy. Everyone seems to have gone vegan. Everyone seems to have gone keto or Um, Kato. And so so it's very difficult when you have five band members in a crew and everyone wants something different. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that is or why that happened. Um, It's a very recent thing. Um, But we can't really – cater to everyone's needs now we try to give them what they want but we no longer can do what we used to do and just cook a meal and everyone eat it and be happy so that's that's something unique that's happening now and and again i don't know why all of a sudden everyone has new diets and everyone's allergic to different things and and the gluten-free stuff you know i didn't even hear the word gluten-free until 10 years ago I know. And now, yeah. and now I think half the bands and half the band members have suddenly, um, are allergic to gluten and have to go gluten free. So that's something unique, um, food wise in the concert business that, you know, a lot of people don't realize or know.
0: It's pretty wild. So, yeah, no, I know you guys, you've got unique locations and I think you, I mean, watching the shows at the locations are awesome. I'm sorry. We don't live in the same town. If we did. Mm-hmm. I Well, if there were shows playing, we'd get... Right, if there were
1: shows. There's no longer
0: shows. Not right now. Not right now. So I think there may not be shows.
1: Get get ready for your jaw to drop. Maybe not until 2022.
0: Really? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone listening out there, get a vaccination as soon as they come out, because the problem is the vaccination is going to come out, then it's going to take four to six months to distribute it, mm. then you got to get people to actually
0: take the vaccination, so that could be a year. Yeah, that's more. the thing, before anything even changes, and we're, almost, so that, we're creeping towards the end of the year now. So that affects
1: not only me in the concert business, but also your probably your listeners and yep. watchers in the food business because you're gonna you're gonna be stuck at lower capacities and 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 uh, yep and, and regulations until we get rid of this thing. So
0: nope, I agree. It's uh, this is an absolutely crazy time. I mean, we were. Uh, we were out on a, on a walk earlier today, and we were talking about your business, your concert business, a little bit, you know, and and how, what direction to take it. And I don't think, and none of the bands even want to get together to play and be around production people and be around, you know, whoever. Else. Well, people, well, people don't realize this either. So I put up a picture of Norva, which is
1: my venue. I saw that yesterday, okay. and and it became a political thing. <laughs> that i put that up there it wasn't just a funny thing i said hey tonight we have a big show it's only for the ghosts but all of a sudden people are like why aren't you doing shows we don't understand this and all this and the reason why we're not doing shows easy one we don't want to put the fans and our staff at risk that's number one number two insurance companies are very unlikely to insure a show where fans and staff are at risk yeah. Number three, each state and each region even has different regulations now. And so it's very hard for a major national act to tour because yeah. you, can, you can play maybe in North Carolina, but you can't play in Virginia or or you know can't play in New York or L.A. Yeah. or Detroit. So it's almost impossible to it, do it touring. Just,
0: it doesn't make sense for them to even go on tour at this point. Right.
1: Right. And then, and then the whole point of a show is to be next to your buddy and spill beer on them. Yeah. Yeah. If, if if, you, do you want to stand 10 feet away from the next person, then watch it on TV. Right. The point, the point of a concert, it's a community thing. It's fun to cheer with your friend. It's fun to cheer with your loved one. It's fun to see the band in their real state, not with masks on, not behind plexiglass, not, not 10 feet apart. Um, uh, then, then um, there's cost involved with bringing staff in, with, with bringing security in, with, with bringing medical people in, with the cleanup fee, with, with all that. And then when you're talking these bigger bands who have you know, bigger guarantees, the ticket price is going to have to be too high to cover all that. And if you're only allowed 200 people at the show, right. your ticket right. price is going to have to be 50 to 100 bucks for a real band. So that's... So that's not viable. Then you can't go up to the bars either. You think right. about it, if you think about it, the bars. I'm curious of there's there's a lot of bars have glass. Now I'm not sure if COVID can transfer from glass or whatever, but a lot of people are drinking out of the same glass throughout the night.
0: Yeah. No. it's, not a, only, it's, it's the mean, overall exposure is the other thing too. I mean, you get it's a huge space where your shows are taking place. Yeah. But, you know, well, there, there are other folks who will even worry about the air in the room. and Well, even lemons and limes. When, when you're getting a cocktail,
1: it means, yeah. are the bartenders going to have to wear gloves and masks? That's yeah. weird. And then if they do have to wear gloves and masks, when you have a noisy room, how do you order through a mask? And, oh, and the bartender hearing you. So that's, that's virtually impossible. So there's so many factors involved. And, and what, what we're going to do, and we're fortunate to be with a bigger company now, but what we're going to do is just make our business stronger, reinvest in our business instead of trying to do drive-ins or trying to do these smaller shows. Just reinvest in our business, make ourselves stronger so the second we get the green light to fully go, Right. We're going to be off the ground running. We're going to be even stronger and better than, than we like were
0: it. before. I so. like it. That's good. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, you are, you, you, you guys are lucky because there's certainly smaller venues that can't. Yeah. They yeah can't, gonna, out. They can't A lot of it. them are going to go out of business.
1: So, and yeah. then, you know, there's, I'm friends with a lot of the smaller independent promoters uh, in the markets and they're doing these drive-ins Yeah. Um, and they are making money. They're making enough money to pay their rent for the venue that's closed that's and they're thinking. making enough to put a little in their pockets. Um, but, uh, and I completely a hundred percent understand why they're doing that. They need to, to exist, right. to, to keep going, but it is a little difficult for them and for me to swallow the fact that they are putting staff and they are putting fans that's uh, a tough one. In, in a less than ideal situation
0: yeah it really is and you're right you know they're in one place it's different than bands touring from state to state but you know it's it's uh how do you I mean, go to the, ba- ha- how go to the bathrooms
1: i mean how do you go to the right. Yeah. how do you go to the concessions how do you get in the ticket line um with uh, with um Yeah, what do
0: you do? if It's will call, and you got to go pick up tickets. What do you do? It's
1: yeah. I mean, they're they're scan they're scan like the drive-ins with their cars. That's just that's silly because you're sitting in a car listening to the band. You're watching on your FM stereo. Right. Even if you're outside of the car, then again the problems start. Then you have the pod situations where they're drawing circles in the in the grass. I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not what concerts are all about. It's, again, I get it that people are very eager to once again, go out and see shows and see their favorite artists play. It really sucks and it's heartbreaking that we can't do that right now. Um,
0: this but, is a, yeah, that's you, you are, and, and this, anyone, yeah, you know, this book that I'm putting together is folks from food, food service. And a lot of them are dealing with things like what you're doing. Yours is a little more unique because the concert thing is built on. Well, there, don't forget, there is food and
1: beverage service at concerts. Oh, totally. Those totally. people are not making money, nor really? nor am I. But the people that provide the food and beverage are not making money off of me right now. No. The people that the people that we employ to sell that are not making any money right now. Yep. So. You know, those people are also out of a job and out of business right now. That involve a concert are caterers that cook those food. I was just talking about. That's right. They're not working right now, so no, it definitely no. the, the concerts are definitely part of the food and uh, and beverage industry that is being you yes. know, definitely hurt by all this.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard, and then any big venues. I mean, we we hear a lot about uh, UNC football right now, mm-hmm. you know, and we know some folks who are had started a company that was organizing all the volunteers, making sure they're properly staffed. I mean, and and they're able to to build their business into all the food concessions that were taking place. And I think it was working beautifully for them, but all of a sudden that's gone away. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it was a great idea. Got rolling. Boom, it's gone. And so, you know, so they're kind of faced with, all right, so how do we pivot this to something else? I don't know what that's going to be, but Right you know, and anyone who owns a restaurant, you know i toyed with uh, with getting back into the restaurant business in the last few years at times, and all I can say is thank goodness I thank God you. right <laughs> I um, still have my, my chicken sam concept is still floating around Chicken and, Sam
1: you would, we can talk about chicken sam too, but um basically, <laughs> well so what what's happening i was as you may I was an economics major at. Tulane University. So what's happening right now is there is a typically a bubble created when there's way more supply than demand. Mm-hmm. It's reverse is true now. There's so much demand for literally zero supply. Yeah. So the second we come out of this, it's going to be like the floodgates are open. People are going to be dying to go out they're going they they may you know a lot of people obviously are out of work right now and don't have really the money but I think they're going to find a way when we come out of this to go out to restaurants again to go out to concerts again in an explosive bubble bursting way
0: I think so So, I think because you know it's interesting if we watch the way dining in restaurants has changed say when we were kids it was 40 years ago (laughs) You know, you know, I mean, going out to restaurants was, we did, but you didn't go out to a restaurant every other night or, I mean, it was more of an event, you know, and now it's high school kids, college kids. That's just what they do.
1: (laughs) Well, well, we, we go out often, even now, Um, Yeah. you know, my wife is, as you know, a fantastic, um, cook slash chef mm-hmm. we can sit at home and eat very 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 well right. but there's she doesn't want to do it lunch breakfast lunch and dinner which Same she doesn't so we go out house so we go out a lot and what we are finding is that the places that typically get it right that are typically a b plus to a plus experience mm-hmm. RC at best they just can't keep up their employees are making more in unemployment than they are yeah. oh you know, sleeping are sleeping yeah. around the kitchen and no one seen, we, we did run into one place I'll give them a shout out heirloom in virginia beach it was an a plus experience from top to bottom um, the food the service the the atmosphere uh, the attention were all just amazing. Um, so we'll definitely go back there, but you know, there are typical places that we go to often. No one can seem to get it right. And again, we feel bad because we're one, we're spending a lot of money, but we feel bad for them because we know that at one point in time they were a plus experience and they just can't get back to where they were. So, um, so that's definitely another COVID related, downfall that we're experiencing right now is is when we do go out when we do spend our money oftentimes um you know we're we're not karens <laughs> that new word caring out there we right. don't complain often but we sh- we we're not getting the experience that that it's, we typically get, get at most of these restaurants
0: no and it, it is it's it's really hard and there are they're certainly it's been interesting watching restaurants that are closing permanently you know, and some of these have been around for a long, long time and they've been top restaurants in some cities. And I think maybe they've been doing it long enough that the the chef owner finally said, All right, this is almost like this was written for me. I'm gonna use this as my out. Right. <laughs> they yeah. not yeah. fight with this right now. Definitely. But at the same time there are other folks who have who are not as, as far along in their careers and are, are doing amazing things. And and I think, yeah, they're suffering too, you know. It's, um, the dollars behind it are are kind of, I I don't know. It's, um, it's, uh, that's, it's in part, again, why I wanted to talk to you and why I'm doing this podcast and, and, uh, why there's books being put together. Well, I,
1: I hate bringing everybody down with that stuff, but I guess my point is that if you can make it through, you know, try your hardest, if you're a restaurant owner, to continue with your A plus experience, don't cut corners at all. Have less people in your restaurant. Just try to get through this, because I'm almost a hundred percent sure that the floodgates will open. It,
0: it will open back
1: eventually, up. and you will make up for a lot of your current losses. So again, if you can make it through, it's it's a tough ask. It's you know it's tough for you to do. It's tough for me to do. If we can get through the next. Six months to a year, I think. Then again, the floodgates are going to open, and you're going to you're going to make up for that loss.
0: Yeah, it is kind of amazing to to look at, at the potential dates on this because I think you're right. It is going to be it's it's definitely more than six months.
1: Well, it's common sense. It's going to take. It's common sense. Let's say even in October, you. I'm going to say it again. You get a vaccine. It's going to take four to six months to distribute that out to the entire country. Then you got to worry about people from other countries coming in to this oh, country. We may, to yep. we may have to halt that all. We may have to halt that no whether we like it or not. Um, so then you got to distribute. Then you got to get it to the first responders. Got to get to the nurses, the doctors, you know, all those people that have to deal with this on a daily basis. Got to get it out to them. That's going to take weeks, okay? Then you got to get it out to the teachers, the children, everybody in school. Then Eventually, to you know, then, to, then the, you know, then, older, eventually we'll it. then eventually to us. That is going, to, <laughs> I think I just got it. Hold on, <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: wait, wait be back. Hey, hold on, I'm coming back. Okay, all right, I'm there back. we go. So, event just got okay. a little worked up there. That's it's uh, all yeah. good. Yeah. Ah!
1: <laughs> so, eventually, eventually gets to you know, folks like us. That's gonna be six months. Then you gotta wait. Then you gotta wait a month or two to see if this works. Maybe two or three months to see if it works. Yep. Okay. No, there, there's then, still
0: a ton of unknowns around this whole thing, <laughs> right? Know. And then
1: the people that refuse to get it will they will they continue to spread it even though other people are vaccinated? It's gonna be a while, guys. And I'm just trying to get some yeah. you know I'm trying to do this not only in this. Situation, But I'm telling my concert folks that, my employees
0: right, staff we, that. We, we are coming back, but it's not overnight.
1: I have shows confirmed right now. In fact, one artist wants to announce their show March 11th in 2021. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Yeah, It's just not. I'm like, we can announce it, but get another date now. It's just now. Towards, no. towards yeah. the end of the year, because it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, unless a miracle happens in, in this world and climate. I
0: agree with you. March, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry it's a huge bummer, you know. Yeah. Now, I guess the one thing for the restaurant world is, you know, we, there, we are, I guess there's there are a variety of things going on. Things could ease between now and March for restaurants, but... But again, you have to deal with the, the employment. Oh, I, right? I know they, they touch so many different things that, that most people who are customers in a restaurant aren't even aware of.
1: The food you know? yeah, the food, just to get them, the food purveyors, just I know the, the, the meat yep. places, the the um, I think again, I think the biggest concern is getting your staff back because you know yeah. they're sitting on unemployment checks right now. That may be better for them and their families to do that than to come back to work. But, but just stay at a plus, don't cut corners. In fact, be better. Like when, on a, when a company, when a company starts losing money, a lot of them tend to cut their advertising marketing first. That's,
0: I knew that's where you're heading with that. That's exactly right, and that's, that's a giant mistake. What they should do Giant mistake. It, yep. That should be
1: the one thing you actually ramp up and spend yeah. more money on during all this. So don't skim on the marketing. You have great platforms now. I'm I'm into TikTok now. Um, the nice. seriously, those who do, it's not a teen thing anymore. Yeah, um, go. Take a look at that. You, have, of course, have Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. You do not have to spend a lot of money to get the word out. And don't cut corners oh, on your service. And definitely don't cut corners on the quality.
0: Well, it's a service industry, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same for you guys in what you're yeah. doing, too. I mean, if, if, if the service isn't there to support everything else that's going on, you know, yeah, keep then on you've, you've shot yourself in the foot.
1: Yeah, we were asking a lot of money for a concert ticket. Even right. when this whole thing's done, yeah. we're going to be asking for a lot of money. And if they come and have a crappy experience, and yeah. and and we have we have uh, hosts and security staff that don't treat them well, and we have you know be, you know warm beer and and the sound quality is terrible. People are not going to be happy. Yeah. spending you know hundred dollars on a night out. Um That's right. to forget their worries if they have a horrible
0: experience. So Yep. That's a good way of looking at it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's it. All right, man. That's it, Chicken Sam. All right. Yeah, we'll cover the- chicken sam in the next call. Yes. <laughs> Let's do <it>. The dream. <laughs> the dream, yes. So right. well bye everybody. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for, for joining us, man. And uh sorry, sorry I kept dropping my <laughs> It's all good it's all look these are these are funky times you know <laughs> right funky times and we're old and don't get technology so yep so all right man thank all you bye. talk to you soon bye hey my friend thank you so much for joining me on the restaurant reality show please remember to tell your friends that these shows are available to listen to for free in any and i mean any app that supports podcasts whatsoever I hope you enjoyed this interview, that it's enabled you to let go of all the the stuff that life seems to be throwing at you these days as a little bit of fun in your life is an essential thing. So now go on, enjoy the rest of your day or night, and please remember the following, take care of your local restaurants as we really need them in our lives.